Welcome back to This is the End of the World as We Know podcast. Here is part two of my wilderness story. It's about Corona, the virus. You're not allowed to know the time. In one of the levels, they teach you a sundial, but I don't think it's the last level. Ego is the last level. So basically what happened was, finally when my solo was over, they're like, your solo is over. You can come back to the group. I'm like, thank God. But that doesn't really necessarily mean you're done with that level. Like, anytime you want to move up to another level, you have to petition to the group and say, like, my name's Ashley. Like, I'm petitioning to go to Eagle. And then you become an Eagle in transition. And so then you have to wait oh through this gosh. transition period and then they tell you when you get in. So when I, I, you know, petitioned, they, it was me and a, a few other kids. And then they were like, okay, like in your transition, the way, and you have to do a task in order. It's like a, playing a video game. You have to do a task yeah. in order to get to the next level. So then they, we had to do a, a, like a group bow drill. And what a bow drill is, is you get like a, a bow, like a bow and arrow. Um, and it's a way to make a fire. And then you, it's like looks like a bow and then you tie a string and then you get another piece of wood and then you kind of um, sh- like shape it to be like a pencil and then uh-huh. you wrap it in the bow and then you put a rock on top of it and then you have another piece of wood that you press it down into and then you bow drill back and forth like really, really hard until you what's called busting a coal and then you bust a coal, which is like and then you put it in tinder, which is like why tinder, it, you use tinder to ignite a flame and then you it, <laughs> you put the coal in it and then you blow on it until it bursts out into flames and then you put it like where you put, make your little fire and then you put little poplar um, sticks on it. Poplar helps make it pop and then you start adding wood and fire and that's how you make your fire. Um, so for everyone listening at home, if you guys need a replay, uh, Ash is going to put up a video of me of busting a coal. <laughs> busting a coal with a ton of tinder. Yeah, with a uh, ton for of tinder. Viewing enjoyment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's just what's going to happen. How to survive during Corona. Ashley, bow <laughs> drilling for besticle. Arson is the answer here, guys. Just keep starting fires. Quote me on it, too. Do fires in my name. I'm kidding. Please don't do that. That's just a joke. <laughs> we live in California. Don't do that, okay? We have enough fire problems. <laughs> don't do it, but also do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Do it. I'm kidding. Don't do it. So, <laughs> I mean, we can do it together if you don't tell anyone. Um, we love it. <laughs> so that happened. And yeah, so basically they were like, okay, you need to do group bow drill. So all of us get together. We like make this group bow drill. You know, all of us are like working on it. And then we bust a coal. And then Justin, that motherfucker, was like, mm, well, it's about 5 p.m. And it looks like you guys didn't do it. And so you haven't passed. And then I like set, and you don't get to know the time until you're an eagle. And then I, everyone was like, oh no, bummer. And I was like, wait, you just told us the time. And he was like, okay, you caught me, you passed. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, I hate you so much. Fall down below. <laughs> you passed on technicality? <laughs> no, he was just fucking with us, but I recognized that he told us the time. So Interesting. then he was like, Ashley and Jack are going to be doing their graduation ceremonies. Like you guys are going to hike back to base camp and get ready because your parents are coming. So then we like go back. We like get it. We, they finally, you do not eat real meals in wilderness. Okay. You have oatmeal for breakfast. You have a tortilla with like, um, 
peanut butter jelly and if you're me brown sugar for lunch and then you have like rice and quinoa or which I that's why I, I fucking don't fuck with quinoa because of this experience um or you have rice and beans or rice and lentils for dinner okay you're on a vegan fucking diet and it sucks and yeah so then they let us go back to base and right before we graduated they gave us macaroni and cheese and it was so good I love mac and cheese And then we had mac and cheese, and all was good. No, it was it was not good. Okay, then your parents have to come and spend a night with you, and and my dad is the only one that spent the night with me, and he was like, that was the coldest night of my life. And then of course, like when they spend the night with you, you have to make them meals, and all this stuff. So I fucking didn't cook the rice and lentils all the way, and I was like, fuck you, that's what you can eat tonight. Um, but the worst that's part so was is they so when you're in seasons and you're younger, like me, you get a. I, you know, I've been living in the woods for so long. Of course, I've been going crazy. And the best thing that I got to do was we learned, we figured out how to make what we thought was like a Reese's. And so you take like your natural peanut butter that they give you and they give you hot chocolate packets and then brown sugar for your oatmeal in the morning. And so we'd make the peanut butter then we put the brown sugar on top and then the hot chocolate on top of that. And we're like, this is just like a Reese's. It's so fucking good. Oh my God. We'd like look forward to it every week. And so then when my parents came, I, like, made it for them. I'm like, you need to try this. It's so good. Oh, my God. And then they, like, ate it. And they were like, mmm. And I was like, I know. I know. And, yeah, it apparently wasn't that good. But I thought it was pretty fucking good. Um, so that was a really high moment for me. That just sounds like you were in prison for <laughs> 41 days or however long you were there. It just sounds like prison. It, well, yeah. And I think the so after my parents spent the night with me and then they – I regret it because that you journal every day and all this stuff. And like, I had all this cool stuff, but I was so angry at the experience. that I was like, I don't want any of this shit. And I threw it all away. But now when I like think about it, I'm like, you should have kept that bitch. That would have been funny as fuck to show people now. But my dad has pictures. I'm going to ask him to send them to me. If they're not too heinous, I'll post when I post about this episode. But, um, yeah. So when my parents, so People in the town where the wilderness program is know about the wilderness program. And if you see kids in the getup that they were there, you're supposed to call the police because it means they've escaped. And so a lot of kids would try to run away and they would get restrained. And I don't like being touched. And this is part of the reason I don't like being touched. I've never, I was never restrained, but I watched other people get restrained and it scared me and I did not want to be touched. So I was like, I'm going to be good. Don't touch me. Um... (laughs) Hearing everything about you as a person was deeply affected by this experience. Oh, um, 110% absolutely yes. If not this, then it was by boarding school. <laughs> but I think it could be its own episode as well. Exactly. I think it could be like our follow-up to this, which I think is great. Um, also, I think scarring. the other thing that I remember you telling me about wilderness was just like how like... Maybe you could actually talk about when you first got back to your home after that experience. You mean because I disappeared in the middle of winter break and everyone was like, where did you go? How was China? And I was like, what? China? Nobody, like, you know, I was, people knew who I was. I was a triplet, like, you know, I had friends, like. And so when you disappear and then your bat mitzvah is coming up and you just, like, reappear at your bat mitzvah, everyone's like, whoa, nice magic trip. Where the fuck were you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what did 
you tell them? Well, I had to, I was, my parents were sending me to boarding school, like, right after my bat mitzvah. I think maybe two days later I was going back. So <laughs> part of me was, like, ready to go. My parents shopped at Costco and would get, like, like a lot of, you know, bulk package stuff. I was ready to take a box of Rice Krispie Treats and, like, hide in my aunt's pool house. So I didn't have to go. Like, I didn't do it, which I regret now. Um, but, like, that was really hard because, you know, you, like, I was, I love parties and I love throwing parties and I grew up in a family that threw a lot of parties and so I was really excited for my bat mitzvah. I had a really gothic dress that I picked the theme. It was the Oscars and, you know, I was really excited about it because it was like, you know, my day and my brothers had to do a tour portion and half tour and I only had a little bitch tour portion and didn't have to do shit. So I was really excited. Like, I, you know, didn't have to put in that much effort. And it was my party, and it was going to be great. And so when people are coming in and confronting me about this traumatic experience that I just went through, I'm like, I really don't want to talk to them about it. Yeah. And then I ended up spending half my bat mitzvah crying in the bathroom because my brothers weren't being very nice. And, um, you know, they were hitting on all my friends. And I had been away from my friends for so long that when I saw them, I was in, like, all my camp friends were there. And I was so happy to see them. I was, like, buzzing. And I was like, I miss you guys so much. Like, my life has been selling. I'm having a mental breakdown. And, like, I love you guys. Don't leave me. And then my brothers were like, we're here. Come hang out with us. We're boys. We have penises and so we're friends. And then they were like, oh, my God, boys. And I was like, but what about me? <laughs> That sounds brutal. That sounds brutal. It was really fun. Yeah. No, it does sound sad. Yeah. So that was wilderness. And I, I, you know, I had forgotten about my solo, but when all my power went out and social distancing had been happening and I, my phone was dying (laughs) and I had no hot water. I, I, Emily, I thought I was losing my mind. I mean, I don't blame you. I feel like that's the only reaction that's valid is, like, losing your mind. I also would love to know if you woke up and, like, felt the need to, like, go make a fire. (laughs) (laughs) No, because there was no mean-ass instructor telling me to, but I, I, I was having, like, multiple panic attacks. Um, I'm out of Ativan right now, actually, because of it. And so I, um, I'm scared about that, but I... You know, my, I was texting my dad during it, and he'd be like, it's going to be okay. Like, the power will come back on. And I'm like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, this is reminding me of when I was younger. And then finally the power came back on, but the hot water was off. And I was like, I, I need a shower. Like, and I kept, you know, I always say to myself, like, because there's been times when the hot water has gone off in this building before. And I, and I, but I had a job. So I, like, was like, fuck it. I'm going to shower in cold water. Like, I'm going to work. I have to go to work. And... Like, and I've definitely been still late to work because of that, but <laughs> I had to get past the mental block. And so, but with this, you know, I don't have a job to get to. So I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, I can't do this. So finally I'm bo- like, the way that I found out my hot water came back on is I'm boiling water to, to shower myself because I'm so miserable. And I'm like, the only way that I'm going to feel good is if I'm clean. So I'm, I'm, I'm boiling this hot water in my hot water like kettle thing and I'm like only boiling it so it's like not too hot but good and warm and I'm pouring it over my head I'm showering and all of a sudden I'm like okay so I finished my hair so now I need to wash my body but I want to wash this out like it's kind of gross and it has conditioner in it and so I like went to go wash it out and as I'm washing it out of my kitchen sink guess what fucking turns on the the hot water (laughs) oh my god oh my god (laughs) 
Talk about timing. <laughs> and I was like, no. I felt so gross, Emily. Oh, I don't blame you. I really don't. Sounds like a mess. It was so Boy. it was so bad. And then after that happened, I was like, I need to do stuff for the podcast, but I need to decompress from this situation because it has brought me back to twelve year old me and I don't like her. She did. So I guess the question is too, is like if twelve year old you and modern day you sat down to have a conversation, what would you guys talk about today? I mean, if you ask me any of the experiences that I went through in my life, I think that, I think that my wilderness experience was the most pivotal. Okay. That's exactly what it sounds like. Um, yeah. and, and I think that it was the most necessary. And the reason I say that is because I didn't grow up in a family where, when I was younger, it was harder because it, it very much felt like boys against girl. And, mm-hmm. I, and I love my brothers there my whole life. Like, if you know me, you know that, but... Mm-hmm. It, it that experience you know before then I didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself um because I just yeah. didn't I hadn't been I didn't prove myself to myself ever like you know everything I wanted had been handed to me um and I expected it and I was entitled and and so then when you know like going out and being in the wilderness being the second fastest graduate in my program you know learning my fucking bat mitzvah Torah portion while I was there like learning how to build fires and traps and all of this like shit that I had to go through the fact that I made it out alive and did it in the time that I did it and was prepared for my bat mitzvah was such like a, a self-esteem booster yeah it was like look you just went through hell okay and you didn't decide to and it was because your parents can't communicate but um, and so to me, like, I don't think boarding school, I needed to go there at all. I think that very much fucked with me, but I think wilderness was very necessary, even though it was hard. I think a lot of people tell me that's one of their favorite things to learn about me and that do know about it. I don't tell everyone, but my like closer friends. And, um, I don't know. I just think like now, whenever I'm struggling in life, I kind of remember like, yo bitch, you can make a fire out of rocks. Um, so you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, that's valid. I think this is a valid kind of experience. I think it's a really beautiful way to look at it now, especially as you get older. Yes. And I think if I were to sit down with younger me, I would just be like, um, you need to go through this. I mean, do I think that they should have ha- had certain things that they had? Like, I don't think kids should have been touched. And I don't think nowadays they are allowed to. I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, and like, you know, so that was weird. But even still, like a few years ago, I found like um, my support counselor there. So you ha- everyone has their own support counselor that they get to meet with a few times a week. And I almost reached out to her and wanted to thank her. But then I was like, that might just be like weird. So I didn't. But, you know, she was like really there for me. And she also like what was nice about being in the younger kids group is they you got to um, have therapy dogs. So whenever the counselors come, they bring dogs and you can sit with them for a little while. So she'd always bring her dog. And that was nice. <laughs> That was uh, my youth, so. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so, so sweet. Yeah, that was, you know, I felt like what I I also, like, really learned from that is there, I definitely had moments of, like, learning how to make the Reese's and, and, you know, like, having the time with those dogs and that I could look back and, like, I had moments that I just remember being good, even though it was such a shitty time and I was, and I'm glad that I was able to find good in such a bad place. Were you able to do that with, like, the kind of, you know, losing power, losing heat, COVID-19? Like, are you, are you able to do the same thing now? 
So this is what happened with me and Corona. When Corona started, I was being very productive because I thrive when I'm being productive. Um, And so I started and I was doing this podcast and, you know, I was reading books and I was doing a lot. And I was like, I'll be okay because I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And it's me. I'm doing what makes me feel good. And then, and, and already in a time where we already feel like we have no control. And so then when all this happened, I felt completely powerless. Like literally I had no power, but I felt completely powerless. And I felt like I, all the control that I had had over my situation during Corona was gone. And I felt completely helpless and I didn't, I did, I just thought I was going crazy. I did not, I was unable to find good moments. Cause it's scary. And what about now? Now I feel better. I'm I'm getting back on my podcast. I'm dancing. I'm drinking a lot of alcohol. Like you know, <laughs> there's those moments. But I think like during the day I'm fine because at least I had sunlight during the day. And I yeah. And at the beginning when I was showered and was like could still function, but then as my hair got greasier and greasier, I don't do well with grease in my hair. Um, I couldn't. There, it didn't matter if it was sunny during the day. I felt like I was dying and I wanted to die. And it was just like so bad that I was like, fuck this sunlight, whatever. But I think the worst was during the night because it's like you have no light at all. Gosh, that sounds terrifying. What, what did you end up doing at night? Like, how did you get by? I just went to sleep. I took my out of van. <laughs> I was like, uh, and luckily it's darker later. Like I couldn't imagine if it was like, you know, pre daylight savings and I was fucking, it was 5 PM and the lights were gone. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. It sounds like you got, it's it's kind of interesting um, actually. And it's funny that, you know, we're having this conversation now. Um, I'm noticing this, this experience that a lot of people are having during this time where, it's almost like we had all this emotional, I guess, um, I guess emotional, I don't want to use the word stuff because it's not stuff, but it's like there's, there's almost like we had to have conversations with ourselves that were on backlog, and I find that a lot of people that are in my life right now are having these really reflective moments while in quarantine and while being on lockdown because, one, there's nothing else to do, and two, you know, during the regular weeks, we haven't had the chance to think about certain things and I've noticed that like a lot of people that I'm friends with and I, I talk to it's like you know there, there's been a lot of reflection yeah um I think I'm turning more into an anarchist every day which is terrifying um and I need to like pull that back but like uh it's a joke so I feel like I told people to set the world on fire and I also I'm telling people that I'm an anarchist I'm neither and don't set the world on fire yet um so I do think like there is something expressing yourself about that <laughs> Me. You're just expressing yourself. Yeah. Freedom of speech. Um, but no, it's definitely one of these like eye-opening experiences where I think a lot of people had a lot of stuff they needed to think about that hadn't had the chance to, and I, I am noticing uh, this refresh almost, which is like yes. that's super cheesy, but it's like that's there's that's all you got to do is like more time to reflect. And I think, like, reflection is good. If you know me, like, I'm somebody that is constant. Like, I do my best when I, I, I journal a lot. I've been journaling since I got sent away to wilderness, um, <laughs> since the age of 12. And, um, and what I like about journaling for me is 
I could sit there and I'll journal and I'll journal about things that I'm thinking. And then when I go back and kind of reread, like, you know, where I'm at my life, where like when some sort of story has begun, begun for me and like, and I journal about it is normally I predicted some sort of outcome when that happens. And then I'm like, Oh, you fucking idiot. Why'd you ride the story out? You knew the outcome anyways. So I think it's, I think, you know, self-reflect, I'm a huge advocate of it. I think it's hard to look yourself in the eye and, and, you know, admit certain things, but I think it's extremely productive way to be. And I think in order to level up and to reach your highest, um, like self and be your most authentic self, it's important to reflect. Yeah, and I think I think there's something to be said about, you know, what does that mean to be your most authentic self? And I'm noticing more and more that it's it is a lot to do with how you're raised and who you were as a kid and how that transforms. And you know, you pick the things you like to keep about yourself when you're little, and then you try to get like some better stuff. Like hopefully, I'm not the same kind of brat I was when I was a kid, right? But yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you can't you can't get it all. Um, but it is interesting having this conversation in lieu of everything that's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, it's a nice reminder that things can always be worse. <laughs> exactly. Also, you know, you, we went through that hard time once. You can, you can get through this again. Exactly. And I also think that, like, what I've also learned about this, like, kind of universal experience of corona is, like, and what I've been talking to with, like, some of my friends is, is that like, you know, bad, so when bad things happen to us in life, normally we're going through it alone. And so it's like we can talk to our friends about it, but they can only be there for us to an extent because they're not going through it and they can't really understand. But the thing about mm-hmm. Corona is that we're all here experiencing the self-quarantine where, you know, a lot of people are losing their jobs or they're being furloughed or X, Y, and Z. And it's like, you know, you're not alone. And a lot of people are with you in this experience. And so like, I don't know if that... As somebody who's gone through shit and had to go through really, really, really hard shit alone, it's so much, I feel better knowing that I'm not alone going through this this time. Does that make sense? And I think, no, I think, I think you actually raised something big where, and I think actually why this is hard but simultaneously easier is that humans are inherently social creatures in the sense that, like, we do our best when we are, we feel supported and surrounded by people that you know, are similar to us. And you're right. Like when you went through wilderness camp alone and then came back to your, you know, Northeastern town in America, no one could really relate to you. It's hard. And I think that you're right. There's a universal experience that's happening right now and the degrees are varying and, you know, it's not easy, but like you said, there is something to be said about everyone experiencing something at least vaguely similar, which is kind of nice. Uh, but also, like you said, it's also re-traumatizing. Like, I, it's so funny that, you you know, you were brought back to yourself at 12 years old, but I can't sleep anymore. So I'm feeling like I was when I was little and I couldn't sleep because I felt restless at night because there's just so many things happening in the world and I felt like I was missing out. And being told that I can't go out and do things is the exact same feeling that I had when I was 13. And I remember, like, sitting in my bed just getting so frustrated being like why can't I sleep why can't I sleep why can't I sleep I'm up all night I'm up all night I'm up all night and when I got older I used to fill my time at night with fun things that would tucker me out so I could go to sleep easier yeah and not having that I feel like this little kid and like I was this weird little emo kid that was watching you know YouTube videos or you know writing or playing my guitar and all those things I just said I'm redoing again which is super strange doesn't it bring you back it brings me back to being in high school yeah, it really does. Like, like you know, freshman, I, sophomore year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? Like, it's the strangest feeling. 
Yeah, it's because you're, you know, it's like you don't have a car yet, so you can't drive, and it's like <laughs> exactly, exactly. you can't, so you can't leave the house, and it's like your parents don't want to take you anywhere. <laughs> it makes it suck. Yeah, no, I literally <laughs> feel like a little kid again. It's, it's so, and and with that comes a lot of weird feelings. It's so weird. It's really weird. Like I feel, and it's it's so weird to the point where it's like, you know, going out feels like I get ner- I get like a little more nervous now. I guess like I should like do I have to tell somebody? <laughs> I do. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. It's so weird. And I, I, it's, it, I honestly feel like I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm back in high school. And like, I don't, cause like you also can't go out on dates, right? So I'm not having like. I definitely can't go out on dates. I have five brothers. Oh no. Right. Like, and you know, you're usually a virgin and like, there's all these elements. And now I feel like that kid again, because I'm not, it sounds messed up, but like, I'm just not going out and I'm not seeing people and I'm not like it's like all the things that made me feel like an adult I don't have anymore it's so weird and and I think that's like another thing for me is like I'm normally very content being alone um, because that's because it's your choice. Yes. And that's because I know when I want to go out and, and have my like fill of people I can do it and yeah. now that it, that's being taken away from me it's like so hard Oh, it's brutal. My, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's really challenging. And I just, like, don't... I, I do find myself kind of at a loss. Like, I'm doing a lot of things that are, like, you know, productive and fun and blah, blah, blah. Like, that I'm, I'm making the most of the situation. But then I sit there and I'm, like, trying to figure out, you know, especially for me, like, you know, not having a job right now and blah, blah, blah. Like, what are my next steps? How do I, how do I get there? Like, and, it, and I feel lost, it's so actually, and I, I'd love to bring this up, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I talked to my sister about this, and I'm kind of, it's such a weird thing for people to be like, you got to make the most out of this quarantine experience, like you have to like, you know, learn a language and like do this and do that, and it's like, geez, like this is a, like, this is no, you traumatizing. Don't. No, you no, don't. No, you don't. Like if you want to, whatever you want to do at this point, I think it's fair game as long as you're being safe about it. Yes. But there's no pressure to do crazy stuff right now, and I, I would love people to simmer it down. Like if one more person tells me that, like, you know, they're just more productive now than ever, go fuck yourself. Like you're not. Like you're just you're coping, and I get it. But like, don't make other people feel bad for like wanting to sleep a little bit more than normal, right? Like exactly. If you're feeling <laughs> depressed or triggered from all of this and like you feel like you've lost all control and and you know you need to take care of yourself by all means please do that you yeah, need to take care exactly. of you and also people are not comparable do not compare yourself to what somebody else is doing to self-soothe we've all been raised differently exactly and exactly and for I'm me done. being productive feels good but it might not feel good for you so don't like do what feels good right now because we're in exactly. a weird time and I think that's, like, the takeaway. It's, like, you need to do what's good for you and then also give yourself a little bit more, um, you know, it's okay to also have new coping mechanisms that aren't. Like, a lot of people are preaching right now, and I think that the best thing is for everyone just to be a little more quiet, <laughs> which is, like, yes. my takeaway. It's, like, everyone's been yelling so much about what they've been doing, about what, they think they should be doing and it's like stop like stop like we can feel all of your feelings and you are entitled and speaking as a kid who had entitlement problems you are entitled to your feelings and nobody can tell you that they're wrong 
because they're yours and that's what makes them special and you should embrace them and you should reflect on them and you should do what makes you feel right and makes you feel better and you know and I don't mean shut down if you need help if you need to talk to people reach out and do that but also don't feel like oh I need to learn seven languages and I need to start a podcast and I need to write a script and I need to read 17 books and you want to know what motherfuckers I've opened seven different books and read like three chapters of each of them and I'm like this is getting too real and then I have to start a new one so I'm not finishing everything I'm starting right now either yeah and like I think that like that's like a nice sentiment to like kind of take away is also like people are starting a lot of things that doesn't mean they're finishing a lot of things so let's just make this really clear right like and also simmer like it's gonna be fine simmer <laughs> emily's favorite word which she taught me when she met me because she was like this bitch needs to calm the fuck down simmer <laughs> and it's been the most knowledgeable thing that she's ever said to me and taught me <laughs> it's true though I think and i still forget I think it sometimes <laughs> i mean your daily dose of simmer is everything that you need i think that people are you're on a high on the stove and you need to simmer. Yeah, like you're overflowing. Down to low and calm the fuck down. Yeah. Like everything's gonna be okay. Like and I and it's because I, at one point I feel like I was super um I think I was super high like high strung, which is also weird because like I'm going back to that mentality since I you know, I'm getting, remi- like, reminded of my high school days, but I've also been trying really hard to remember, like, just simmer, like, just relax, like, it's not the, like, until the four horsemen come down the street, then start panicking, but until then, like, we're all gonna be okay, we're gonna get through it, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, like, it's getting a little bit scarier in the United States, just because, you know, it's, it's really bad here right now, and it, I yeah. think it's only gonna get a little bit worse, if we're being completely it's gonna honest. It's get a little bit worse. And before it gets better. Yeah. And like, like anything in life. And, and I think that like, you know, it's like the more that we're all going to know somebody that has it or, you know, that's, you know, unfortunately someone that's died from it. And, and it's just like, we all need to take this time to just, just take care of yourself. I think that's the most important thing. And I I actually like that a lot. And I think that's such a like nice thing to end on too, which is like, you know, just like you went into the woods for seven days as a wolf, like sometimes the best thing to do is to take care of yourself. Yes. And at the end of the day, who else is going to take care of you, right? Nobody. Especially. And that yeah. is my favorite thing ever. And that's how I live my life. It's like, if you don't, if you don't take the time to love you and to take care of you, you're not setting yourself up for success because no one else is going to do it for you. You have to do it first yeah. and show people how it's done. And that's the only way that people will know how to help you get your your needs met. That's it. Just I, take care of yourself. That, that, amen. That's, uh, that's, that's it. That's it, kitties. I think that's all she wrote. <laughs> so follow me on Instagram. <laughs> if you didn't already follow her from last time, you better follow her At now. EMB.JPG. Follow me for my photos. And thank you so much for having me. It means the world. You're my one of my best friends in LA. And so I really appreciate you um, including me on your next adventure. Of course. And you're the only person I would let interview me about this whole situation. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay tuned for our next episode.